0: Good evening and welcome to Point of View. I'm Chris Berg. Thank you so much for joining us. Coming up, big meeting today in Fargo about saving your pensions. They're on the brink. We're going to talk about that in just a moment. We start tonight, though, with a very scary story about a missing seven-month-old out of Bismarck. Fortunately, the story ended you know about as good as it possibly could considering the circumstances. Around 4.15 this afternoon, police say that this baby, as you see here, Leah May Morsett. She was dropped off at the Sanford ER in Bismarck. They don't know exactly or not saying at least who dropped the baby off, but uh, Leah May was last seen with her mother on surveillance video Monday around 1 a.m. The mom, Don Morsett, remains charged with neglect. Of course, when you hear this, she's still in custody because when police met with the mom, she was high on drugs and had no idea where her seven-month-old baby was and said, oh, I just know that the person who has right now, is named Cole, that was it. So, really, really sad and scary story. Good news is, considering Leah May's safety, it ended her being safe and sound. Speaking of kids, some of these kids, um, the ending is not so good. So, wait to hear the shocking stats. Since October of last year, our Customs and Border Patrol has apprehended this is stunning, 250,000, 250,000 kids, some with families, some unaccompanied, uh, basically just showing up at our southern border. Folks, when you, when you put this into context, think about this for a moment. That's like since October, just dropping two cities of Fargo right here in the state of North Dakota. Nobody can handle that kind of influx of people, let alone kids and unaccompanied minors. And that's just since October. So these young kids, are being tracked thousands of miles. Our detention centers right now are completely overwhelmed. We can't handle the influx of the people. They keep on coming up because right now it's like a magnet. And we have this hyper, which I'm going to get into in a moment, but hyper nefarious people that are behind this invasion at our southern border. And the sad thing is, we've talked about it many times on the show, is that you literally could say that the, the country of Mexico right now the country of Mexico, because they just sent 15,000 National Guard to our southern border, is doing more to save these kids than the Democrats in Congress. All the Democrats need to do is basically show up, change the loopholes. And, folks, this is the most stunning thing. The Democrats right now, President Trump is saying, look, this is a humanitarian crisis. We have kids that are dying at our border. We've got kids that don't have soap, don't have toothbrushes. He's saying, hey, give me $4.5 billion." democrats supposedly love to spend money give me four and a half billion dollars three billion for these kids so that they can have a toothbrush and some soap and i bring up this part folks because we always hear from the democrats i'm going to show you speaker pelosi in a minute that they always say this well it's about the kids we got to help the kids we remember we can't separate families even though that becomes a magnet now to bring up more people we can't separate the families because it's about the kids Then Nancy Pelosi, Speaker Pelosi, talked about her phone call with President Trump on Friday that stopped the ICE raids. She said, hey, look, I'm a mom, I get this, I got five kids, I got nine grandkids, and then went on to say this.
1: Children are scared. You're scaring the children of America, not just in those families, but their neighbors and their communities. You're scaring the children. And I do think that-
0: The children are scared. Because we say, hey, we might go have an ICE raid and their parents aren't following the deportation orders. The childrens are scared because we obviously want to change the magnet and the asylum laws that are bringing these people up to our southern borders. You want to talk about scared, folks? I can't even believe I'm going to show you this. But this is, according to ICE, this is actually real. We've talked about it before on the show. But the fact that ICE tweeted this out today, it breaks my heart. And, and you want to talk about being scared? This is what they said. ISIS taking a multi-pronged approach to combat fraudulent, fraudulent families, deploying teams of investigators to the border, investigating transnational criminal networks, and more recently launched Operation Noble Guardian targets because child recycling to stop these young kids, young unaccompanied minors from being used as political pawns because the Democrats won't show up and change the asylum laws. It becomes a magnet for these people to come up and now you've got nefarious people. You wanna talk about being scared? Think about being a nine, 10, 11 year old kid and you're basically, you're a slave. You are being recycled and they won't show up and do the, the 4.5 billion. They won't show up and close the loopholes when you've got kids that are being recycled. What they do is they bring them up Because these parents or these people, not even parents, these people know, hey, if I've got a kid, I'm gonna get to stay. My asylum process gets to be adjudicated while I'm in the United States. And then they send the kid back to El Salvador or Honduras or Nicaragua, bring him back up the track, get him in, I mean, folks, you wanna talk about being scared? That's scared. You wanna talk about what else is being scared? Is now you've got families that are doing this. This just happened down at the Rio Grande, at the uh, border between Mexico and Texas. A Salvadorian father, We can bring this picture up please and a 23 month old daughter if that doesn't break your heart i don't know what will and i'm so sick and tired of these young kids being used as political pawns to have bad images against donald trump so they can win in 2020 or keep the house or folks we're talking about simply a 15 minute meeting to change asylum laws to fund $4.5 billion so the kids that do get through, we can actually take care of and do it the right way. They won't even show up and do that. So please, Speaker Pelosi, don't talk to me about scared kids. Don't talk to me about, oh, it's about the kids, Chris. Then do something, do something, please. We are begging you after I see that you've got kids being recycled, through the border. All right, to lighten things up a little bit because that's some pretty heavy stuff there. Uh, you know, oftentimes we sort of joke on the show about how Minnesota can be, you guys text me in and say this, it's even me saying it, how Minnesota can be anti-business. You know, they got the high taxes, lots of regulations, all that kind of stuff that goes on in Minnesota. I know many of you, because I've got friends, they have their businesses in Minnesota, they've moved them over to North Dakota now because the low tax rate, low regs, all that kind of stuff. Well, now, Minnesota, in Minnesota, it's illegal. If you're a young entrepreneur, you wanna make some extra side cash, you can't even run a lemonade stand. You have to have a permit to run a lemonade stand. Otherwise, they're gonna shut you down and then they probably charge you some fee. So thank goodness Country Chime Lemonade is saying, hey, you know what, we don't wanna see that. We wanna see young entrepreneurs go out there, do good, do right, and bottom line, Minnesota, just let's get rid of some of the regulations. Stop with all the regulations and let's do this let's make lemonade stands great again. Doesn't that sound like the right thing to do? <laughs> Had to have a little levity there. All right, just a couple hours ago here in Fargo, there was a big meeting to talk about the future of these central states' pensions, multi-state pensions, been in a lot of trouble. People have been made promises and now uh, they may not have those promises kept. So joining us tonight to give us the lowdown on the meeting and sort of what's next for to shore up these pensions, North Dakota State Senator Kurt Kroon, as well as Dennis Curran and Bob Berg, they, uh, by the way, Bob Berg, no relation, right, Bob? Yeah, no relation. <laughs> but they're on the National Committee to help out with pensions and uh, senior rights. So to all three of you guys, thanks so much for being here. We really, really appreciate it. Bob, we'll start with you. Meeting today here in Fargo, you and I have talked about this, and Dennis now for the past several years. What's the big takeaway for audience that happened in today's meeting? Well,
2: um, I guess our, our point today was to get it across to a few of our representatives and Senator here um, what's really been going on with our pension um, the government took over our pension fund in 1982 and since then they lost seventy billion dollars of the money that was supposed to be paid to us in our senior years
0: can you say that one more time the government it's took like, over hey, our pension I'm from the government I'm here to help yeah okay right. the government the took over the pension when took it Alaska? over from
2: the teamsters so this is not a union new- excuse me this is not a union issue anymore this is a government issue Um, THE GOVERNMENT TOOK OVER, THEY STARTED OVERSEEING OUR PENSION IN 1982. SINCE THEN THEY'VE LOST 70 BILLION DOLLARS OF OUR MONEY THAT WE'RE SUPPOSED TO LIVE ON IN OUR SENIOR YEARS. HOW DID THEY LOSE 70 BILLION? WHAT DO YOU MEAN? JUST mismanagement, MISINVESTED, OR INVESTED IN POOR INVESTMENTS. Um, I'VE UNDERSTOOD THAT THEY'VE DONE SOME ILLEGAL INVESTMENTS OVERSEAS WITH THE MONEY, Uh, GOLDMAN SACHS, NORTHERN TRUST, some of those companies
0: uh... Wait, so you had, a gov- Dennis, you had a government entity that was making illegal investments.
2: It was called
3: the Consent Decree of 1982. Uh, and it was a response to our involvement with quote-unquote uh, unsavory types where we owned a good amount in Las Vegas with the Central States Pension Fund. They made us divest everything that we had within Las Vegas and we were put underneath the auspices of Wall Street. Basically, Goldman Sachs, Northern Trust, and others in there. And during the course of that time, uh, what really took us down was the was the Great Recession of 2008. Uh, UPS had just put in put in about seven eight billion dollars into the fund in 2007 uh, to help shore it up and to uh, uh, pull some of their people partially out of the fund. That all got lost immediately. That put us in some pretty Pretty tough situations at that point. But you
0: didn't lose seventy billion dollars since two thousand eight, have you?
3: Not since two thousand eight. But, but this was back of over, so the over the course over the course of
0: time. But bottom line is this: you guys, meaning you two, and we'll get to you in a moment, Senator. But you two were made promises that hey, the pension is going to provide X, and now because it's insolvent, because these guys, according to you, were making illegal investments, correct? You may yeah. not get the money you were promised. We were promised
2: to have a fair retirement when we put in our thirty years or forty years, whatever, and. Uh, they're not holding up their end of the promise as far as I'm concerned. So.
3: But what, uh, what happened To try to put it where people can understand it, uh, we all buy insurance. Okay? Let's say you buy a car and you put full coverage insurance on it. Your car gets damaged. This is what's happened to our pension fund. Your car gets damaged, the insurance company comes to you and tells you, we are so sorry we did not charge you enough for the insurance. Will you you will have to pay for your damages yourself. Wow. This is what happened to us exactly. It's try to put it in a way that, that people can understand it. Yes. Uh, everybody has to have car insurance. This is this is what the government did to us. They took away our rights to a secure pension in 2014.
0: Senator, I want to get to you because my, my hallucination that this is a federal scenario and that you're a state senator, so how do you fit into this piece of the puzzle?
1: Well, first off, they asked me to come and become familiar with it, <clears throat> and at that point in time, I contacted the North Dakota Chamber office, and I've been on the chamber board in Grand Forks for 20 plus years, and we kind of see this as a workforce issue, along with the transition of um, into uh, more of a trade industry. Uh, program that we can put together in the state so that we can meet the needs of the people uh, and not just necessarily the unions but all the way through there has to be a, a long long-term solution for our new employees the existing new employees and we have that. to go back
0: but- but are you saying? I want to get this from all three of you because I hear. Are you saying, hey, Chris, we just need to, to do a better job within the government and manage it? But when I hear, hey, Chris, well, we lost just, seventy billion dollars, yes. I'm thinking, we'll take it to the private sector. Let me manage it. Are you suggesting the government should continue to do this? Uh, or?
1: Well, it works out. So we we talked about a quasi plan. and it it puts several components together. There's a bonding issue that would go on that comes out and that's paid back. And then there's also the 401k that could be put into this program and, and taking a good look at it. So it's not a bailout. That's the important portion that people have to understand. This isn't a complete bailout by the federal government to this pension plan. And they are working very hard to put this together so that it comes
0: out as a uh, payback. I, got I say this somewhat in jest though, Dennis, but also with some reality based on what Bernie Sanders mentioned yesterday about paying for college. Hey, let's go tax Wall Street. If you're telling me that Wall Street screwed this thing up, you know, obviously I think they should, since we bail them out, they should bail you guys out. And that, that's well, the question. So let's say that well, this quote unquote, he says it's not a bailout. But this, what kind of program are you guys looking to have happen? Because I know you've been out in D.C. a lot. And what does that mean to the person at home as a taxpayer?
3: I, I just got back from D.C. And there is, uh, we call it on the, on the Senate side, it's called the Butch Lewis Act. He's a person I got to know, and I testified with in, in front of Treasury uh, already, almost five years ago. He died right after testimony of a. Of right, a but what's the stroke. act
0: do? What, what's the act do, and how does it impact you guys and the taxpayers at home?
3: Okay, there's a 30-year loan program that we're working on, and the beauty of it, it's got built our deaths into it because we're all 65, 70, 75 years old. We're going to be dead in five, 10, 15 years. We are the bubble. Those of us that are in the, we are the bubble. After this bubble goes, there's going to be very few people that are going to be needing the money. The money's already there for them. And so this loan program is is, is built to have a heavy draw the first five or ten years. It'll be it'll be about an even draw the next five years. And then the next, the last 10, 15 years, it's actually going to make money. And it's... Uh, the, Hypothetically. But bottom line is that, but it, the, that
0: this is a loan program, if, if it were to default or not get the kind of rate of return you're suggesting, then the taxpayer would be on the hook, correct?
3: Uh, in a sense, you could look at it that way, but the other side of it is, is that these loans are all being bought up by Wall Street. Wall Street knows what happened to us. Okay. Wall Street is buying up all these loans. Yes, there are federal guarantees behind them, but the people that 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 have developed this, are the people that they're they're the bean counters, they know all what's right. going
0: on. We got to wrap it up there, gentlemen. But I know we were talked offline with these gentlemen I understand, hey, look, we were made promises. Call your congressional leader. So call Congressman Peterson, Senator Tina Smith, Ke- Senator Kramer, Senator Oven, put the phone calls in. If this is somebody say, Hey, look, these people were made promises, they deserve to get the pension that they were promised. And to all three of you, thank you so much for the insight and the time tonight. Thank we you appreciate Chris. it. Thank and you, it not very only it affects us,
2: it, it affects all the businesses and it trickles the down to everybody yeah. in our it's, it's.
0: I mean, I use the example of Dennis, but it's like the college kids now that can't buy homes. So they got so much debt. And I apologize, but, Senator. We got to wrap okay. it up there.